I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Five of their best, which is where an artist chooses five of their best tracks that they've been involved with, features this week, Papa D. Now, Papa D mixes dancehall, reggae, and pop. And I should explain that I'm in Greece where the weather in February is pretty damn good and Papa D is in Sweden where it isn't. Now stay tuned because at the end of this episode Papa D reveals what is his number one all-time favorite track. So Daniel, Papa D, welcome. Hey, look at look at this. I'm in Greece. <laughs> yeah, and, and look at this. I'm in Sweden. <laughs> I think this is unfair. <laughs> oh, that makes me feel really good. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. It's no, really horrible. Because we were getting into spring. It was like, no, the snow was disappearing. Ice was disappearing. And then suddenly yesterday, we're back. Ice age. <laughs> well, the weird thing is behind me, actually, is the mount where the Acropolis is. But you haven't actually, I can't have a view of it. And it okay. <laughs> But it's really... It's really cool and it's brilliant to be here. Anyhow, we're here to talk about your top five songs. I know it's a really difficult thing. How difficult was it to write down a top five, first of all? I'm, I'm not a fan of lists. Everybody, you know, especially on, on uh, you know, uh, uh, social media and stuff, people like, oh, the best 10 Bob Marley songs or five best albums. I think it's just uh, from day to day. So, so these songs are just how I felt that particular day. And it's obviously some of my favorite songs, but it, it's it's I have a particular relationship to my songs. It's it's you know different. It varies. Okay, let's go through them. The first one yeah. that you've you put on your list is "Respect You." That, that was one of the first songs. That it's kind of personal. Uh, I mean, I, I come from the reggae thing. I come from kind of writing uh, what, what we used to call reality lyrics. But a lot of the stuff from my first album is just bragging and boasting and being an MC and I'm the best and da 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 which is cool. Uh, and some reality stuff as well, uh, how I felt. But this is very personal. It's about my mom. It's about single mothers. And 
I also enjoy the sound. It's a very UK sound. It's uh, it's a kind of like I remind I, I think of loose ends and a lot of English stuff that I like. So I thought it was really cool. Uh, UK sounding kind of soulful, different from what I did before, and it was very personal. And I'm bigging up all the you know single mothers all over the world. So I think it's a nice track. I remember my manager at the time, my US manager came in and said, Babri, this track, you know, I love working with you, but it makes me feel, I'm proud to be your manager. So that was cool. I think they're only proud when they make a lot of money, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so listen, I mean, it's about your mom. You had a weak moment. <laughs> it's about your mom and your mom was really key in, in the development of you and sort of discovering reggae music in London, wasn't she? Yeah, I mean, oh, I mean, she she was fun. We used to go to London. It was the cheapest holiday. I lived in Gothenburg, so we used to take the horrible ferry, and she used to buy cheap makeup. London was cheap in those days for us. The pound wasn't as strong, and you had a lot of stuff. So she bought some cheap makeup and clothes. And she took me, because uh, I, I was already interested in music when I was like 10, 11, 12. Um, me and my brother, uh, she used to take us to cool places. And, you know, she, she would leave me at Daddy Cool's in Soho. And she'd go to Oxford Street. And I would be in there dig crate digging. And she would come back. And I was, can I have three seven inches, mom, please? You know, that kind of a, No, she was great. She was also interested in music. She liked some of the music I listened to. Uh, she, uh, she really liked Under Miss Lengteng by Wayne Smith, which is a funny selection for a mother. But she was in, she was at Dub Vendor in Lavender Hill uh, in London when the track came out. You know, uh, Under Miss Lengteng is what, it's the first digital track. And it's, it, it was like a monster. I remember the, the sound system people and me and everybody said, what is this? It was such a weird electronic track, and my mother loved it. Even when she was a bit senile, she used to go like, "Oh, can you play that under Miss Lang Tang? I love that." You know, <laughs> no, she was great. She was great. She she liked music. She listened to a lot of her old stuff. Uh, she took me to my first concert. Was, was not a cool Lee Perry or Bob Marley concert. It was Roger Whittaker. <laughs> 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 I wish I could have said, I want to say Bob Marley because that was early. I, I went to see Bob Marley seven days, seven times. But I had been to Roger Whittaker at least three times. I don't think he ever toasted, did he? No, he didn't. But it was funny because they did a reggae remake uh, of one of his famous songs. Everybody's talking about a new day in the morning. So suddenly that was covered by, I think, Luciano. I was like, oh, full circle. My mum's record collection. And now, produced by Sly and Robbie and Luciano singing. That was funny. So tell me about Count Machuki. Count Machuki? Yeah. Uh, he's kind of like the original, one of the first, first MCs. You know, in the beginning, MCs were, before you, Roy, he actually had a whole uh, drum and bass dub version of the song, and he kind of filled the whole thing with lyrics. And just fragments of the song would come in and out, and he would be like, "Wow, baby!" Eh. Count Machuki was one of the original in the Scar days. He was more—he uh, was really an MC, more like in between the songs. I think they listened a lot to like radio from Miami, so they—they uh, they had all these like uh, 
cool jive talking radio DJs. And so in between, they would say like, oh, this one straight from the top to remember last drop. Eh, here's a brand new one, you know. Uh, so he's one of the first MCs. How did he get his name? Do you know? Count Machuki. No, I can't know. Do you no, know? Apparently, apparently he got his name from chewing matchsticks. Oh, no, no. Machuki, really? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, so let's move on. Let's move on yeah. to the second song, Island Rock. Um, yeah. Now, I I'm not going to say uh, <laughs> it's the title of an album in 1988. Now, I hope I got that right. But this was a this was a um, a, a hit in Sweden. The history was that I did my pop album in 95, 96. I did first, the first cut is the deepest. Yeah. And then this album, this album and this song came out in 98. So after the pop album, uh, it's not a great album, but but it, it contained it had hit singles, right? First cut is the deepest and journey, and it, it had that uh, you know uh, Dennis Pop uh, uh, and uh, uh, you know the '90s sound, and it did really well, and it was fine. But with this album, Island Rock, I kind of came back to my roots, but it was still commercial, you know. So it felt really good. Uh, it's a really weird track to be you know, to be in the charts at the time. It's it's a sample from some old Calypso record. It's some raga beats and I'm chatting and I'm just, you know, it's just like a football. Whoa, yeah, chorus. I think I wrote that in like two hours. Uh, but but I think it's I think I think it's really cool because it's so original. It, it doesn't sound like anything else still. And you know, if you look at the charts in 98, it's it's really a standout. And I just it's a fun track. People love. People still love it in Sweden. It's like a summer song. It it comes back, or in Scandinavia, you know, it's it's good. Well, I saw a clip on YouTube of you performing um, yeah. in a club, and it's one of those songs that really works on stage because of the way the audience can react and join yeah. in to the song. So yeah. I presume it's one of your live standards in a way. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's like it's it's an easy, you know, it's Neanderthal. Yes. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, uh, it's not the, it's not the most sophisticated song I've ever written, but but it, it works and it's fun. Music should be fun. Sometimes you're like, oh, that's really, you know, that's a really clever song. I wrote that song and it's really good, but this song is just fun and people love it. So yeah. I mean, you just mentioned the first cut is, is the deepest, and I know actually here in Greece because I'm in Greece because I want to mention that huge, again. It was huge. I know, I know. And the weird thing is I went out with a friend of mine, Manos, the other night and I, I mentioned that I was going to be talking to you and he went, oh, he's, he, he'd met you. <laughs> you oh, must have really? come here and he'd met you when you came to Greece. So he said, oh yeah, he's a brilliant guy. He's just brilliant. <laughs> so okay, cool. so uh, yeah. Greece still loves you. That's what I wanted to say. Greece, and Greece, it was huge. It was like top three or top five. I was working with the, the US band Brooklyn Funk Essentials at the time. So I was doing when it, it's actually, I could have been much, much more established, established in Greece, like as a, as a person, because I'm not, the song is huge. I'm not really, some people know me and, and I perform there, but as a, as a person, I never really got in because I was touring in the States with Brooklyn Funk Essentials. And if I would have done proper promotion and television while the song was top five, uh, it, I, I, could, I could have been down there with you in Greece, in, in a big house. Exactly, with a better view. Yeah, yeah, with a better so, view. Yeah, but it's there somewhere. 
So what is your favorite version of First Cut is the Deepest? Because there's so many versions that have been made over the years. And P.P. Arnold had an amazing, amazing yeah. um, uh, version in 1967. Yeah, I mean, that that is the original because yeah. uh, Cut Stevens re uh, released his cut, which was like a, a, a demo for Island Records, I think. Uh, and he released that afterwards, but but he, you know, the first, I love P.P. Arnold, but I must say, I really think the 70s with Rod Stewart is it's one of my favorites, even though he sings the wrong lyrics. He, he actually does. I'm like, yeah. And then there's been, I love the reggae version. That's where I got the idea. The Studio One reggae version. Uh, Norma Fraser. Uh, uh, what's, uh, Marsha Griffiths did a reggae version as well. So I, I listened to all those versions and it's just a beautiful song. Who's the first woman that tour or girl that broke your heart? Ooh. Ooh, that one must have been in uh, Swedish high school. Swedish. I'm not going to give her the... I'm not going to say her name. Sounds like it's more than one when you say Swedish high school. It's like the yeah. whole high school. <laughs> yeah, I was, a bit, I was a bit shy and my heart was easily broken. And I was, you know, I was 17, 18 years old. There were a few. There were a few cuts. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. <laughs> so let's get on to Rob and Raz, because they've been important in your, your career and you chose yeah. chosen one. Um, yeah. Why did you choose that? It was basically my first single. Uh, well, I, I released one single uh, on Telegram Records that didn't really do anything. It was more kind of like a hype and uh, uh, in the industry kind of thing and hype up in Stockholm. This song got airplay on the radio, on national radio. And I remember I was working down, <laughs> I was working down in the basement uh, of a, uh, a hardware store, or what do you say, Ironmonger. What's the UK thing? Okay. So I was working there in the basement and I heard my song on the radio. And that was just, that was the first time I heard my solo stuff on the radio. Um, I think it's a great song. I think it still sounds really good. We were really early with the soul to soul beats. I think we, we listened to what is the Bismarck Key used it for some song, but that was before soul to soul started with the whole, you know, uh, with, with, with those singles. So we were, it was, it was rough. It sounded really good on the dance floor. Um, I was trying to sound tough, and uh, it's it's a cool track. I, I, it's, it's it's a good memory, and uh, it still sounds good on the dance floor. I don't know about my vocals, but 
I sound like a young kid really trying to be tough, and it's kind of cute. You're still connected to Raz, aren't you? Oh yeah, we you know he lives not too far away. Uh, we actually did a song just before the pandemic in in 2020 called Old School, and it really sounds like the sound from those early days, like from 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 1989, 90. And you know, it didn't really do that much, but it it, it was a good track. It's a good track. It's called Old School. DJ Raz and, and Papa D, yeah. Uh, you know, we hang out as well. He lives in a really cool house and he's got a really beautiful studio. So uh, I go there and hang out quite a lot. It's good. Okay, the last track that uh, was on your list was Open Up Your Eyes. And mm -hmm. this is Papa D Meets First Light. So tell me about that. Uh, it's a no compromise, uh, rootsy reggae track. Uh, um, I don't know, it, it's just... Sometimes I just feel really liberated. Uh, I mean, I, I really didn't enjoy parts of my, the beginning of my career. We always made music. Just, we just made music. I don't know what we, sometimes I just like, how, how were we thinking in those early days? We sampled a lot of stuff. We did beats. We just came up with stuff. We, we were out clubbing, influenced by loads of stuff. But it, there was no plan. Uh, it was, it just happened, which is beautiful. Then, around mid 90s around you know big labels i remember they wanted to change my name to daniel they they said uh, oh your hair you should have it out more because it looks more milli vanilla-ish and uh, i had long hair then uh i didn't like that and, and everybody was trying to like well listen to this in the charts now it sounds like this you should have a song like that and i i really hated that and i i remember being kind of lost uh so the pop album is okay uh single wise there's three or four good tracks uh on that album but but i remember we couldn't really do the 10th track we had it was like we ran out of ideas and i was just kind of i didn't have anything to add because it was just so pressure from everywhere and ideas from everywhere. so anyway so this uh i mean i had a reggae album before called fall from grace but first of all the band first light is an amazing roots reggae band like classic you don't get bands like that nowadays because you know it's like three horns two keyboards two guitars it's it's an amazing classic lineup and they have a very particular sound and they're really proud of it uh, uh they're really strict about you know their kind of music and how they perform live like they don't want to perform my pop songs like when i play with them live i play at the big reggae festivals and we play certain reggae venues but they're like no we can't do a version of first petals the deepest or island rock that's not us and i really like that i respect that i think it's really cool so it, it was amazing to make an album with them uh, uh you know we're actually making a second album showcase volume two two really bad Lack of ideas. No, it's, we're going to add the title as well. <laughs> I remember David Rod again played a couple of tracks on English radio and he was like, oh, because it's a reggae thing. Showcase is five songs and a dub. And it's kind of a boring concept. But for us, it's kind of like, yeah, Showcase, volume one, hinting on a volume two. <laughs> so David Roddingham was like, yeah, except for the album title, this is a really good, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we're making a second one. So this song... <clears throat> I kind of like it because it's also, I wrote it with uh, a Finnish friend of mine for another project that never came out. 
uh, it's a really positive song. I was in a positive mood after a really bad time I had in my life. And I think it's, it's spiritual without being hippie. It's just kind of like, you know, do your mind, you know. Uh, I, I have a problem with kind of when things get a bit too hippie-ish. <laughs> like, oh, spiritual, Ooh, look at my, uh, uh, my, my different stones that I get energy. No, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm into all that, and, but I, I think you, uh, it has to be cool and grounded as well. So I just re really like the track. I, I'm, it, it really, I, I enjoy singing it, you know? I enjoy singing it. And I see people, even people that never heard it before, get into it really quick. So listen, I mean, you've gone through five songs. I'm going to ask you, to choose one as what you feel is your favorite song. It's really difficult, but I really want you to do that. And before I do that, I just want to mention a few tracks that you've missed out or you've left out, let's put it that way, that um, I don't know, that's sort of tracks that have touched me as well. And uh, one of them is Children of Sisyphus, which I really like, uh, which is an amazing track. Uh, Lying Backstabbing Woman, which I think has got so much emotional depth in it and we know why and that's on another interview um yeah. you missed out one which was with Tatio, which was my body says yes why did you miss that out that you don't want to sort of they're not on the list because in a way they're the noose around your neck you know what i mean yeah i mean i mean i've done quite a few songs so it's really how i feel that particular day uh, and some songs are like uh I mean, uh, lying backstabbing woman, there's a lot of therapy that went into that song. And I did it live for a long time and it felt good. Now I might just not be in the mood to, because it's kind of like I put that, I got it out and now I'm kind of not into it at the moment. I still think it's a great song. I think it's very direct and it's very heartfelt. Uh, my body says yes, it's a bit weird because that's that's a bit irritating. It's a bit, it's, it's annoying because we had Clive Davis, the song had a bullet on it. You know, it was climbing. It was like top 30 or top 40. Something happened. Uh, Titio and her crew, uh, there was something about, they, they weren't really behind the song at the moment. So they just kind of delayed making the video. And Arista US was like, what? Are you not doing what Clive is telling you? And so the whole thing just kind of fizzled out. So, and that was my launch into, because it was like, oh, I'm going to be on that song with Tio. Uh, I was featured on like, just like a short, you know, I did some chatting, eight, eight, eight bars or something, but, but it was still like a little prominent. Uh, and they were going to launch me into the whole thing. Uh, eventually, we did the video after they stalling it. I don't know why, that's, you know, that's your interview with them. And then everything just fizzed out. So for me, it's just kind of, yeah, that was a great opportunity, ha <laughs> ha, but it just didn't happen. Um, and if, apart from that, it was a cool, we worked together, me and Tio, and we, we worked live, it was a beautiful time, and we were kind of like bursting out on the scene together, you know? We were hanging a lot in, in London, and you know, her and Nene and the family. It was a beautiful time. Uh, so I, I, the the song, my body says yes, had a lot of hope and good energy. And then they just kind of like fizzled out. It was just sad. So for me, 
uh, it's not a song that I would pick because it's it, it makes me slightly annoyed. Okay, the, the, your top five were Open Up Your Eyes, Chosen One, um, First Cut is the Deepest, uh, Island Rock, and Respect View. So Ooh. if you had to choose one, what would you choose? Uh, oh, that's, that's really difficult. It's like, it's like all these lists I'm, I was telling you about. Now, don't go away. I just want to say to you, please subscribe because you'll hear directly when I post something new on the channel. And uh, it does help me as well. So it would be really great if you do. Now, stay tuned. Here comes Papa D's all-time favorite track. <laughs> I would say, I, I think, open up your eyes because it, it's a it's a strong song and it's kind of where I'm at now. Uh, the other stuff is nostalgia and great memories, but this is a very uh, now song. And I'm also making an album with the guys again, uh, which is great sound. I love it. We're just putting horns on and then we're mixing it, so it's going to be out in like April, May. Uh, yeah, I would say open up your eyes. It's a positive song spiritual positive without being hippie-ish and uh, and it's where i'm at now brilliant daniel papadi mm. thanks very much thank you so much and please try and have a good time in greece <laughs> try, just try just oh, think of me yeah it just got better <laughs> okay listen i'll see you again thanks a lot thank you take Bye. care up there is an interview i recommend down there is where you can find all the podcast interviews and here is where you can connect.